from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside a very special episode of On the Board. I'm Colby McKee. Across the glass, Lance Dahl's here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever <laughs> time you're listening. You, How are you? Uh, no Corey Vakaskis tonight, but in his stead, as we always do, we come through with a very special <laughs> guest, don't we, Lance? It seems like every time Corey goes away, we find a much better replacement for him, which is, uh, which is convenient. On the line, uh, a bunch of different ways that we can introduce this man. Uh, he's currently with 680 CJOB and the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie Thomas, how are you, Jamie? Gentlemen, how are you? I'm great, thank you. Fantastic stuff. Uh, before we get into the hockey talk, um, I know through some investigative slash creeping of your socials, uh, you're a big <laughs> football fan, a Miami Dolphins fan. Let's talk quickly about Super Bowl 55. And yeah. how how did that play out for you as a lifelong Dolphins fan to see the the dream killer that is the goat <laughs> yeah. of Tom Brady win his seventh title on Sunday. It's it was so much easier to watch him do it as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer than it was to watch him do it as a New England Patriot. That's all it was. <laughs> so all of a sudden, all that hatred I had for him over the years it disappeared when he signed with Tampa Bay. Now it's like he's not. He left at the right time. The Dolphins are kind of rebuilding right now and, and, and slowly starting to add the right pieces. So when he leaves to kind of open it, it was like a whole new light. <laughs> so I think we can give him as much credit as possible because, you know, that tear they went on from the beginning part of December on, that, you know, kind of like where Tom Brady really took over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and fully grasped their offense. But I don't think enough credit's given to their defense. Their defense was not as dominant as the one they had in 2002 when they completely wrecked the the Raiders, um, but it, it was something to, to behold, right? And there's not many teams that have made the Kansas City Chiefs look as ridiculous as they did on Super Bowl week, on Super Bowl Sunday. So a lot of credit has to be given to the Buccaneer defense. But man, he he is unbelievable. And actually seeing him drunk today made us all feel <laughs> like he's not he's not immortal anymore because he's like he's like everybody else. He actually can get drunk. I didn't even know he drank. Like I, I don't know if he does. I, I think, think Gronkowski so. probably just got into him. I think that someone poisoned him or spiked his drink because I thought nothing impure went into Tom Brady's body. So it was, I, I was, I was like, I'm, are we sure we're seeing him hammered right now? Is this all one big joke? And then I thought he has to be hammered because anybody that throws the Vince Lombardi trophy just to another boat, like it's just another trophy. Like there is complete disrespect going on in Tampa Bay with the championship trophies. Uh, and I'm happy for the Tampa Bay area because, man, because having been down there and you go to Emily Arena and there's the ocean, I was like, where else would you really want to play? Like when I thought when that whole Steven Stamkos thing, he was going to play for the Leafs, I'm like, wait a second. He doesn't have to pay any taxes and he can wear flip-flops to practice every day and no one knows who he is. Why would you give that up just to have a Canadian Tire promotion and to play over the Toronto Maple Leafs just to come back home? I don't, I don't want to leave Tampa Bay when I go down there, so I don't know how anybody will play anywhere else. But to make a long story short, it's, it's a guy that goes in, has no training camp, uh, or you know, a, a normal training camp, no preseason game, and all of a sudden takes a team to the Super Bowl. You have to give the guy respect no matter how much you hate him. Yeah, there's there was a lot to unpack from their boat parade or whatever the heck was yeah. going on today. I mean, COVID yeah. doesn't exist in Florida. 
There's no. a there's so many different no. angles that you can take down that road. I am curious though, Jamie, because yeah. you being a Dolphins fan and there's few and far between yeah. uh, this far north. What's your estimation yeah. of what the Dolphins got to get done for for these this offseason rather to kind of you know make a more permanent statement in in their division next year? Not trade for Deshaun Watson first off, um, and, I, and I say that with all due respect to how great of a quarterback he is. But you have the third overall pick, and you have an 18th overall pick. You're starting to build something special. Your offensive line was full of rookies, so now you're going to have another year wiser with them. Two was back for another year. Did not have the weapons that Justin Herbert had in Los Angeles, right? So I think you start giving him somebody to work with, he'll get better. Just think of everything he had to work with at Alabama. Everybody's a rock star in Alabama. Yeah. So you start giving him that same support group, you should be okay. So I, I love the idea that you want to just go, but I don't think you it, – it's crazy to go up one plan after one year. We're not the New York Jets. So <laughs> you, you, you just don't give up on somebody because there's nobody around them to support them. So I think they, they hold on to these two first-round picks that the Houston Texans have gift wrapped to them over the past couple of years. Thank you very much, Bill O'Brien. And you move forward with what you're doing. Uh, you have a great general manager. You've drafted well the last couple of years. You've kind of changed the whole atmosphere and structure of your organization to a much better, well-run oiled machine. You have a very good head coach. Uh, defense is starting to get a little bit better. So stay the course. Just, just not mess it up like you have in so many other years past and go in another direction. So stay stay where you are and uh, get some weapons for Tua, and, and they should be fine. Yeah, and they got that first from the Texans for Laramie Tunsil, right? That was that deal? Yeah, I know. It's, it, Bill O'Brien should not work in football ever again because <laughs> I have a left tackle, but to give up the draft property to the draft that they Man. did yeah. is insane. Like the owner of the Texans should just be get this man out of football, and if he ever pops up again, I'll be shocked because they, I don't even know what the, the, the direction. You can see why Deshaun Watson is so upset, you know, that they didn't talk to anybody else for their new head coach. It just, you know, Eric Bieniemy should be the head coach in in Kansas or sorry in Houston right now. There's no if your quarterback is saying this should happen, you probably should listen because you do have a little bit of an investment in terms of millions and millions of dollars. Oh man, there's just nothing like the Texans though. The te- like the stories that I keep leaking well out run. of there, right? I know. I thought they I thought they were a well-run football organization for the longest time, and they and they were they were they are good. They're a joke now. I just like I don't understand how this changed all of a sudden. Now JJ Watt reportedly wants out. There's an issue clearly, and you have to just start thinking at the very top. That's where you always have to look. Hundred percent. Well, at the very top, yeah. I think today their president resigned. Did he not? Yeah. I yeah. Like, well, they were trying to tell yeah. him to stay because right. they didn't want the bad PR. They were like, things are falling apart, but like, yo, just stay here for a couple of weeks, and the the first problem will blow over. Little did they yeah. know that it would just carry on. Everyone's like, what is this mess? Like, we thought nobody was like the Jets, but like, yeah. no, man, or the Texans. Dallas is supposed to be the circus. Yeah, you know? <laughs> true. They're supposed to be the issue in Texas, not the Houston Texans. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's easy for us to say um, that this is how it should be, but it, and it's hard find hard to find good people. But the way things are falling apart in Houston, after I thought a half decently ran organization just couldn't didn't, couldn't get over the top at the right time when you were peaking, but man, it, it is falling apart in a bad way there. In conversation with NFL insider Jamie Thomas, you're <laughs> yeah. on on the board. No, we'll actually get into the the hockey talk I to, here. I used to cover 
It's so funny. People, I used to do NFL insider stuff, but I yep. was doing hockey and it's so hard for people <laughs> to take you seriously. Like, which one are you? And I'm like, my, pa- my true passion was football for the longest time. Cause you know, you, 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 you do, you cover hockey for so long. You're like, Oh man, I like to, I like to do something else. Yeah. And football, I took a GM and scouting course. Um, and then you, you just all of a sudden you sort of see where your interests are, but then all you realize you live in Canada and your chances <laughs> of working in the NFL are slim and none. So there well, we hey, go. I mean, we, we do a lot of talk on, on the NFL. We might have to get you back when, oh, when the football season rolls back 100%. around, Jamie. Yeah. Please, guys, I would love to. And you can say, yeah, and Winnipeg Jets color analyst here to talk to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love it. That's multi-talented, Jamie Thomas. Um, yeah, obviously, you. your your first go-around here with uh, Paul Edmond uh, on the radio side mm-hmm. of the broadcast with CJOB. Uh, just talk to us a little bit how that's gone. I know it's only a few games into the season here uh, in 2021. Uh, what's the setup? Obviously, I imagine you're broadcasting the home games uh, from the Bell MTS place, uh, but mm-hmm. road games. Like, what's the setup like for you? And what's the you know the average day of a broadcast game day for Jamie Thomas? Uh, okay. Well, we're unfortunately we don't get to travel with the team because they're in a, they're in another level, right? They're that they're inside the bubble. Um, we do not get to travel with them anymore on the road for for safety reasons, right? And there's only so many um, COVID tests that you can pass around. They are expensive, believe it or not. So the the, the we've been uh, at 201 Portage, which is where CGOB and Global is based out of, uh, right on Main Street, just about three blocks down from Bell MTS Place. So that's where we're, and we're in a conference room. They've got a big, huge hundred inch television set set up in there for us. Um, and then you call it off the TV, right? So it's not. A perfect world, but at least we're still calling the games and the games are happening. Uh, calling games from inside uh, in Winnipeg is fantastic. It's just so weird with nobody in the building. Yeah. And it, it is, it, I think everybody's used to it now, but I don't know how the players manufacture energy all the time without that little extra push. And you always, you know, anybody that's followed hockey or covered hockey, Right after Christmas, there's this like little bit of a lull. Like everybody's fried from the holidays, and then it's cold out, and you're like, "Oh, Florida's here. It's a Tuesday. It's minus 35 out. You know, the Islanders are here on Thursday. Who cares?" Kind of thing. <laughs> now it's like every game matters with this all the North, the uh, Scotia NHL North Division um, going on, and it, it's this, it's an intense hockey experience every time because 56 games gives them so little time to not have errors, um, to, to build things. But it, it's been great, guys. I, I, I don't think – I mean, you guys watch it at home. You're, uh, have you guys looked outside of the North Division? I have, I've watched maybe two games. <laughs> yeah. Because you're just – you're looking to see what Ottawa's doing because they're going to be here Thursday, Saturday. You're looking down the road. You're going to play back-to-back games against Vancouver. So you're watching what the Canucks are doing. Oh, Montreal and, and Toronto are playing tonight. So it's been very hard to see what's going on. And, and outside of our little bubble here in Canada – of what else is going on outside of COVID everywhere. But it, it, it's, it's neat. It's cool how all these games count. And yes, you'd love to say, play the Leafs and Canadians a lot more because based on the fact that there's so many Montreal and Toronto fans in Winnipeg and across our country, period. But I think this will get, it'll get old after this year, right? After they play each other 10 times and then in, in the first and second rounds, you'll, you'll want somebody else to come along. Oh, and Jamie, remind me, or Colby, remind me, because I think there's an interesting aspect of, of the schedule down the road that potentially could see some kind of hybrid talk um, and maybe, yeah. you know, the the potential for more Canadian matchups as you work into the future. But I want to get this out of the way 
early just because your perspective is a unique one, Jamie, and obviously it's no secret. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been talking about what's gone on uh, in Bell Media with the 3TSN stations that essentially yeah. just shut up shop yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, the the radio and the media fraternity is, is a small one to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you get into the sports media side of things and that crew that you have there it is even smaller. Uh, I, I don't mm-hmm. really want to be the one to, to put you in a spot to you know, talk negatively about what has gone on because I think everyone's pretty well aware on, on the situation. If you're not, just go around, look at different reputable Twitter mm-hmm. accounts. Uh, you can find what you're looking for. But Jamie, your perspective of, of what's gone on and just how it's going to maybe lead into whatever future plans uh, sports radio has? Oh, okay. So I think a good indication of what, how people are reacting to it, they, they say that sports radio is dying, right? So we do our CJOB, we do our post-game show. We don't, they don't take callers, right? Kelly's, we have analysts in the studio. I think that is, is everything that you need. But mm-hmm. there's people, there's that audience that had 1290 to go to and express express their grievances. I like to say for mm-hmm. any hockey fan. Now we're getting angry tech, angry tweets from people. Oh, you only have jets at noon for 12 minutes, but it's, it's an all talk news radio station. So CJOB isn't going to change their programming because TSN has decided to pull the plug and do this. Now there's an appetite for it. So, People may say that it's the same people calling in every night, and it is. It's the same people calling in every morning. Uh, Any market I've ever been, I've been in Edmonton, it's the same callers, Toronto, it's the same people calling in all the time. Um, But what this has done, and I don't mind saying this because Rogers is just as guilty as Bella in all aspects because I've been laid off by Rogers, and it's not sour grapes because we all move on with our lives, Mm -hmm. but what what is happening in media now is you guys like you where do you guys go yeah where 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 are, where are the jobs that you guys you guys pay a, a not my by my understanding it's not the cheapest thing to go to broadcasting school or journalism school is it school not at school all. period isn't exactly no, cheap man exactly yeah it, it's not it's not cheap so you expect there's some uh, somewhere down the line when you pay these dollars to go to university college broadcasting whatever you expect some payback out of this, like you're going to get a job one day. Yeah. So what it's doing is it's cutting down things. And I always say, because I went, I started in Lethbridge. I went uh, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto, blah, blah, blah. I've gone all over the place. And you, those smaller markets are where you cut your teeth and make your mistakes. And there's not that many people there to call you out on it because it is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, guys. It's uh, every. I remember coming out in 1998 and playing or going on global TV in Lethbridge. You think it's the easiest thing in the world when you get out of school? I should have that job. I should do this. I'm better than that guy. And then you do it, and you realize it's not that easy. Um, and you, you, we all have our air of confidence when we come out. We're young. We we're inexperienced, but we still have our confidence about us. And you think you can do everything well, but what everybody does at all these stations is they're very good at what they do. It's not easy to do a call-in show. It's not easy to be on the radio for three hours. I transferred from television to radio from Sportsnet to TSN 1150 in Hamilton, and it's hard to talk nonstop by uh-huh. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I've been reading off a teleprompter for three like, years. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yes, of course, you know, you do highlights and you're winging those, but dude, I'm writing out my stuff, and I had everybody do every year. I have the people in the highlight road do, cutting my highlights. I wasn't doing anything. I didn't do my own makeup. I had someone doing my hair. Someone picked out my clothes 
all of a sudden you're on radio and you're doing everything for yourself. You're booking your own guests and everything. But it, it's what it's done is it's cut back on everything, and it's not fair. It's I keep hearing about this upcoming, this changing landscape in the media world, but I don't. Where is it? Where is what's next? And we're we're saying television is changing. But and then because people watching you guys watch games on your phones, but there's got to be some way to qualify that. That's still television on your phone. Yeah. You're still watching a game that's on TSN on your phone. So a, a television company is putting that through your phone. So I don't understand this whole. I get the digital age is changing, but I don't understand where this is. Everything is changing, and we have to cut people's jobs to adapt to it. What <laughs> is our robots doing everything right now? Yeah. So uh, like I'm not going to cut into anybody because I'm not. I'm not at the top of the, of the food chain, but you guys that, that come out of school or anybody that's young that has a dream to do this, you have to start somewhere. If there's no sports radio station in Winnipeg, what are people coming out of school, broadcasting to school in Winnipeg supposed to do? Right. Uh, where? What are they supposed to go? How are they supposed to learn? You're supposed to go straight to Toronto? With, there's barely any jobs there. Right Good now. luck, yeah. So, yeah, like, and it's the way they've treated people is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, I like I you go, you text all your friends. I remember you get all these messages from your friends, and it's overwhelming. And you're like, wow, you're glad that so many people care, but you still lost your job. You're like, you're still sitting there the next day. Okay, now what? Mm-hmm. And you even feel sick texting people because you're like, this isn't going to make them feel any better. It's just like they know something. Like, it's great that you have all your friends and there's colleagues that are, but you still don't have a job. So that that's the hard part, guys. And I'm not downplaying our industry, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody from doing because it it's one of, it's the best job I've ever had. It's just not as easy as it was when I got out of school. Yeah, no, I feel you there, hundred percent. I mean, I think Colby Are and I. Are you guys I, frustrated? You got you guys must be frustrated because you're like you, like I'm glad that you guys can do the best part of technology is you guys can have your podcast mm-hmm. and you can get better by doing these podcasts. You're interviewing people doing stuff that we, I couldn't do. I saw 1998 right? <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> when I was a kid, real. Yeah. Yeah, going real to real or what? <laughs> I did real to real broadcasting school. It's like you're cutting, you're splicing uh-huh. everything. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like it was like a radio school. We had our own little small radio at Columbia Broadcasting Academy in Calgary. Uh, you know, like we had our own radio station. I had the best time ever, but we weren't good. I wasn't learning <laughs> anything in that school. Like, I don't even know how I got a job out of broadcasting school. I was a DJ in a country bar for three years afterwards. That was not the path I was going down. Dude, no one knows how you how we get out of school because you listen back and you're like, man, like, oh man, I was an absolute disaster. But it's 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 interesting you say that and like on our perspective because I can't speak for Colby, but I mean we both now work at a at a country radio station and cook with uh, like a top forty station that's in the building yeah. as well, and so. I mean, we, and or I guess myself, got into radio because I wanted to get into sports radio because I always thought that was going to be the dream. Yep. And I quickly realized yep. two months into being at Satan Calgary that, <laughs> guess what? There's a lot of people that have that dream and there are very oh, few cool. jobs. And I mean, over the course of five, six years since I was there, it's yeah. gotten even less and less. And you're 100% right. I mean, now I look at it from the country music side of things on radio and I look at places that I started like Brooks or Vanderhoof BC drum Heller. I mean, there's yeah. these spots that are so small, but those are the places, like you said, where you cut your teeth and all of a sudden when those spots evaporate, now we get into a situation <laughs> where medicine hat, Lethbridge, red deer, 
in, in the, like Alberta, those yeah. are the smaller mm-hmm. markets, Saskatoon yes. almost. Yeah. And, and so it's like, at what point do we end up maybe going back into having more jobs available? But I mean, you typically once things go away, they don't they come, come back. back and they come back in different forms. Well, right? That's true, yeah. And so it's like, I mean, there are different platforms. Sure, there's there's podcasting, which is incredible. We just love sports. That's why we ended up doing this. But there's also mm-hmm. YouTube. There's people that are making money off Snapchat and TikTok. And I mean, there's so many different <laughs> avenues that you can grow. But at what point do you really get the content out there? And exactly. that's the interesting mm-hmm. thing, right? And so, I, I, well, there's I, there's nothing now for people on 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 the mornings after Jets games for people to talk right. on. And you know, there, we could discuss all we want at CJOB about how we could do this. Could we do a podcast in the morning? But Paul Edmonds and I, you know, last night there was a nine o'clock start. And we're like, oh, maybe we could do a podcast afterwards, but we're done at 1230. Why, who in the right mind wants to tape a podcast at 1230, edit it, and then have it ready for the morning for everybody? I don't. Well, no. the content's um, just not going to be there, right? Like, you're going to be gassed right. by the time you're done the call. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already spent a whole day on our broadcast. You know, we do the morning skate. And listen, I'm not going to say it's hard. It, 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 you go to the rink, you watch guys skate around, you look for the lines, you talk to the coaches, these Zoom interviews. Like, Zoom interviews has changed everything because <laughs> now it's almost easier to do our jobs in some ways. And that's right. where you're praying. You're, you're like, Oh my God, I hope they don't change as worse. They're not going to not, you know, one day I hope we're back in the dressing room because all it does is it extend, expands thing. When I used to do the Jets TV live post game show, it was 20 minutes. It's over. Cause you, the, you, the doors open the, in the dressing room, technically 10 minutes after, after the bu- final buzzer, you mm-hmm. go in there, you get your scrums, you know, you talk to three guys and you're out in like 10 minutes. And then you go talk to Paul Maurice, 20 minutes, boom, it's over. Now it's like, six minutes with this guy, wait a couple of minutes. Then the next guy comes in. It could be six minutes with him. So you expanded everything, what you're doing. Uh, Mitchell Clinton's hosting the post game show. Now, now it's like 35, 40 minutes. And then Mitch still has to do his three takeaways. He's got to do, he's <laughs> got to write an article. So uh, I will say this to everyone, know how to do everything. Like write. I suck at writing and I hate writing with a passion. You're, you're saying the same thing. You're writing the same things after a while. Cause it's game 84 and you're like, Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying the mean way. You're like, okay, how many different ways can I say they took the lead in the third period? Because that- Andrew cop still got in the corners. Yeah, I know. I know. Cop came out of the corner, threw it out front. You're like, how do I say redirect? Like, you're trying to go through all the different terms. That I'm saying tip deflection. on oh, your phone. Big time. And like with us on the road, I know I'm going all over the place, guys. I apologize for this, but <laughs> like we're we're on the bus coming from the arena, and you're getting on the on the charter flight to go to Philadelphia. Uh, like you're leaving Philadelphia, the the rink in Philadelphia is ten minutes from the airport, so you're writing furiously on your oh, laptop because no. you have to send this stuff out <laughs> to to the to the website before you take off because internet's not the greatest and you know in 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 the air 35,000 feet above the ground so you're furious paneling down your on your on your keyboard trying to get this done the players are staring at you you're sweating as you're getting on the you're like at what point though jb at what point are you just writing soft copy during the game you're just like you know what i'll just people probably I'll write this out though, and then no? see what happens i know like you're just sitting there going Okay, how deep am I really going to get into it? And and something, and the worst thing is, and I I remember all the time print guys getting so mad if, 
you know, they're up 4-2 and you've already got your story written and then they, the other team ties the game at 4 before you go to overtime. You yeah. can just see their faces. Ah, now it's like... <laughs> Damn deadline. If they're in. You're like, screw this. Like, you're mad, you're actually mad at the Jets for tying the game up because now you're stressed out. And it's the team you're covering. You're like, I should be happy they oh. tied this game up. Like, my print is done. I've got this all ready to send. Um, so... I just know how to do everything. And it's, I know it's the most generic way of saying how you get better and what you're going to do in this business, but you have to, there's nothing like people just stare at you and you have to know how to do the digital side of everything. I'm still clueless in a lot of the aspect of how you put the podcast to this and you edit it and everything. Like we have a wizard, Daniel Moss is 25, 21. He's like, he's just almost, I could have, he could be my son. And he's like putting everything to the website. And yeah, that's the guy you need though. That's a oh, good guy. Do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I look at Mosser all the time like you're a wizard, Mosser. <laughs> Make it happen, man. <laughs> like, I just, you, leave, you feel bad. You're walking out of the Jet TV office at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's Mosser still pounding away at the podcast <laughs> that has to be up, and I'm going home to go to bed. He's the so, youngin, though, Jamie. Mosser. He's the youngin. Yes. Yeah, and you should just be happier in the NHL. But it, 100%. It's, uh, it is. I mean, yes, a lot of people would kill that Daniel Moss's job, but I'm just saying. Yeah, if he if he doesn't work out, just let us know. <laughs> yeah, DM yeah, us, we'll be all right. And you you get treated like that too. That's anyways. That's another story for another time. But it is the whole the whole thing of it is it's a great job. It's just harder to get there, and you have to be very patient. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. And you have to <laughs> sacrifice, move all over the place. Seriously, I think I've been in debt since I was 28. Because you're just always moving. You're, you're, I'm looking at my wife for the 80th time. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. We have to move again. Uh, yes, yes. We just moved to Burlington. Your sister just got here, and you're all the family's all back together again. But we're going to Winnipeg. <laughs> so, yeah, that's got to be a tough sell, dude. That's got to be a oh, tough sell. The first time my kids got here, they've never experienced they because we were in Toronto for 10 years. First time my kids got here, they're happy. But then when winter happened, you could tell they were just looking at me. Thanks a lot, Dad. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Prime time, minus, exactly. Minus 55 for a week. They're just staring at me. <laughs> what is this? You've got it too. And my wife is from Bonneville, Alberta. She hates winter with a passion. Like there's not, you can't change her mind at all about winter. Cause you know, we all, we've all set our mind on certain things and she just looks at me still. We, this is our third year we've been in Winnipeg. You know, it's, it's a great job, but the, the winters get hard, and uh, that, that's uh, you're not going to change that. But uh, especially when they're the colds that ever got in Toronto was minus 18 um, <laughs> on a good on a harsh day too. So it, it, it was a tough sell to start, but that, that's what we do. You have to move around, and uh, it's a tough sell for everybody. And these are the sacrifices everybody makes. It's a much smaller way of you can imagine being an NHL player where your kids are in school and they're getting traded in March. Oh, sorry, kids, we're moving to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I know we totally appreciate the insight there. I mean, obviously, uh, your ties to Hamilton, like you mentioned, that was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, definitely needed here on the pod with everything going on mm-hmm. in the sports broadcasting uh, realm. Uh, we want to quickly touch on the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade that happened a few weeks ago. Sure. Uh, obviously, last night, his big debut for the Jets against the Flames, that four-game uh, sandwich of games. That was pretty mm-hmm. interesting as well, a little scheduling quirk. For the Jets, uh, played over 13 minutes and uh, started with Kyle Connor and Trevor Lewis, and ended the game with Connor. And then Mason Appleton moved up on that line as well. Uh, your thoughts on the trade itself? I mean, Line A going out, uh, Jack Rosselvick mm-hmm. as well, uh, but also do you know Dubois' uh, presence in that middle of the Jets lineup? Well, you knew when you kind of figured out Patrick Line was going to get traded, and you knew 
that it wasn't going to be popular. That's, that's hands down. It was the most obvious statement you could ever make when Patrick line gets traded. It's not going to be popular with Jets fans because goal scoring is the thing. And the way he scores goals is spectacular. And I've been there a million times. I've seen a hundred of his goals live and it's, it's spectacular. Watching him in practice, it's, it's something else. So a lot of people looking at the team with Sly, I think completely different situation, completely different time. Um, but when you can, it's almost like a perfect storm. And I've said this before, if you can get a number one center anytime in as an NHL team and a one for one trade, basically, or, or you know, the, the, the draft capital or whatever, but it's, you're going to take it. And well, I think once people have kind of settled into the fact that you have so much depth up the middle and you look at any team that's been dominant in the NHL, you know, it, especially in the North Division, you have to be deep up the middle. You're going up against Connor McDavid, you know, Austin Matthews, the Vancouver Canucks down the road. Any Stanley Cup champion teams, Tampa Bay Lightning, you don't win with wingers, I think, unless you have Alex Ovechkin. But they have some good centers in Washington. What they have now is have many options. They have Andrew Kopp can play center. He can play wing. Mark Shifley, Paul Stassi might have to play the wing now. But you have a guy that plays with an edge, is only 22, is only going to get stronger, and has something to prove too. So I thought in the first period it looked like somebody that hadn't played in 20 days. And then the second period you could see what they're excited about. He has a great speed. He's very determined. He's great at protecting the puck. He's good at playmaker. And you, and you put the shoulder into Dylan Dubé at the Flames blue line in the second period. You're like, okay, now the light, you know, the, the wheels are turning in your brain right now. You're like, wow. Now you can see what they're so excited about. You have Shifley, Dubois, Lowry, Stastny, uh, you know, Thompson's coming back here right away to Nate Thompson. So that's your fourth line center. But there's just so many things they can do up front. And what Paul Maurice was likely going to be doing here because their schedule is about to get nuts in, in March and April, injuries are going to happen. So you're gonna, you have to figure out how, wh- what fits where right now. So there's going to be a lot of additioning going on here, guys, the next little bit of, of where people fit. But I really you, you like Kyle Connor with <laughs> Pierre-Luc Dubois automatically because of the, the, the things that can happen there right away. So it's, it's just one game. He's just going to get a lot stronger. He's going to get a lot more comfortable with where he is, and there's the, the possibilities are endless from there. You know, there's always got to be some semblance of matching your team up to the teams yeah. that are in your division uh, because sure. that's naturally just how the league works nowadays. And the, the Jets are, for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways, breaking the norm from the rest of the Canadian division in the sense that uh, Coach Paul Maurice has made it fairly obvious that if he could roll four lines without having to worry about matching at all, he would. Yeah. And I mean, now that opportunity legitimately exists past like the 12 forwards who are ever going to start on a night-to-night basis. I mean, when you go into like 13 and 14, 15 guys that you can throw into a lineup and have them be productive, uh, like is that difference in the way that their offense is now built in the way that they can all play 13 to 17 minutes, let's say, does that yeah. benefit the Jets? I mean, it has early on, but is it sustainable long-term in this Canadian division? I think so because you're going to be playing so much hockey in a short amount of time. And you can't have guys playing 25 minutes a night. And I guess if you're down 3-1 in the third period, you're going to shorten your bench. Right. But you're going to wear down other teams. I, I, I don't think that there's another team uh, in the North Division that has four lines deep like the Jets possibility of being right now. And 
it, it's going to be a, a matchup nightmare for a lot of the teams in this division to, to work on, especially in a, even in a seven-game series. But, man, like Dominic Toninato hasn't even played yet. And I know he's like had some injury problems too, but he's going to fit in somewhere. Um, you know, Cole Perfetti might come up and to get a look at him too because he's down with the Manitoba Moose, which begin on Monday, I believe. So that's great news for them in that aspect. It's just something they have to do. I, I mean, in an ordinary season, are you gonna you want to roll four lines? No. Mark Scheifele was the only guy over 20 minutes yesterday in mm-hmm. uh, in a one goal hockey game. So that is what Paul Maurice wants to do. You're looking ahead at what's coming in front of you. You're being realistic that people are going to get hurt because you're playing so many games in so many days, every other day, basically. And you're just being realistic of how things are going to work. So you have Ottawa twice here, uh, Thursday, Saturday. Now you can kind of, you can get, a, I don't want to say you're not taking Ottawa for granted, but you can kind of look at it and go, okay, this is a good chance to audition here, here, and there. How's this going to work? we got to get Pierre-Luc Dubois in the system here. So it, it, I think it is a benefit. Is it a reality when the playoffs roll around? Likely not. But, man, they're going to wear down a lot of teams with playing guys 13 to 17 minutes a night. And unlike last year, guys, Paul Maurice now has a fourth line with veteran players, and he said it numerous times. It is hard when you're young to sit still and only play five, six, seven minutes a night, right? When you guys have, like, Nate Thompson and Trevor Lewis have done this, and Matthew Perot at 1.2, who know and understand how the fourth line position works, they get it. And when they get out there, they know they have to give everything they can and they don't mind doing it. And they want to pay the price and they understand what they have. And then the guys see them do it. And they're like, okay, those guys are doing everything it takes to get it done. Uh, if they score a goal, it's fantastic. It's a big boost on the bench. So it's a lot different than they had last year because they were very young on their fourth line. And Nate Thompson clearly is a very good faceoff guy. And you can just count on them. He, he knows he can send them over the boards and not worry about that it's going to be, the puck's going to be in their end for a significant amount of time like he was last year with a much younger fourth line. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a question for my last one. It's more of a statement. Uh, Kyle Connor is the most yeah. underrated forward, I think, in the league. Um, the kid is 30-plus goals in all three yeah. of his NHL seasons. And yeah. I almost feel like his development has kind of led to Jets management being able to make a trade like Line A, uh, another winger yeah. uh, who has the sco- scoring prowess that Connor has. Do you see that the same way? And like, what is it about the perception of Kyle Connor that the rest of the league just hasn't caught up to? I think uh, it's just not not enough visual, right? If he's a Toronto Maple Leaf, we're not thought we're, we're not talking about him being underrated. Where if he's a Montreal Canadian, same thing. It is unfortunate when you're in a smaller market like Winnipeg and you're not on, you know, the big games on Saturday with the Leafs or whatever, or in a playoff series, uh, you don't, you're not appreciated as much. I think in 2018, people got an idea of how good he is, and I think people are kind of coming on board with it. I've heard some people say he's not very good in his own end. I'm like, ah, okay, hold on a second. He played with Mark Scheifele and Blake Wheeler, who, what, went against the other team's best every night. So clearly he can play defense or else he wouldn't be there. So it, there are so many aspects of the game. His release, he's got a good one-timer. He's really good in tight. How many times have you guys seen him in close in front of the net and somehow he gets the puck in? Like yeah. his hands in tight are unreal. Um, and he can get out of anything. Rolls off checks. Like, he, he, you know, clearly he's being targeted every night. But he, do you ever see him get hit that much? Nope. nope. So uh, he is an unreal player, and I fully agree with you. He is underrated. I don't know if that will, it might change after this year because so many people in Canada are going to see Kyle Connor. That's just the thing. Like it, it's not going to be just once in Toronto on a Saturday night. 
it's going to be nine. They play the Leafs 10 times this year. Yeah. They play the Canadians 10 times this year. So that's going to change a lot of things in that aspect. Um, and if the Jets go on a good run here, I think that's going to bring a lot more attention to how good he was. Mark Scheifele was a big mystery for the longest time until 2018. Yep. That's going to change with Kyle Connor here pretty soon if the Jets do something big this year. Man, there's a lot of different ways I want to go, uh, whether it's Nikolai Ehlers, Connor Hellebuck, yeah. Adam Lowry, I mean, Andrew Kopp. Uh, but yeah. I do have uh, two more for you, Jamie. One being sure. the progression of Logan Stanley on D as yeah. a guy who's, I mean, obviously, if you've watched any Jets games lately, you'll notice there's a kid that looks young and is massive. That's probably Logan Stanley, six um, six, mm-hmm. and only 22 on the final year of his entry-level deal. Is he a guy that you think by the end of the year, because my thought is, is that Logan Stanley, right around 12 minutes a night right now, I, I would think by the end of the year he might be pushing 20, no? It's going to be hard for Logan Stanley going forward. I'm only going to say this once. I, I'm only going to say this because Tucker Pullman was originally supposed to be the everyday defenseman mm-hmm. in the Jets lineup, right? It was it, Logan Stanley has been a pleasant surprise because Tucker Pullman got COVID, right? So right. he's just yeah. out of the lineup. And this is... A, what it what it, he was kind of that guy that was written off because he was the second pick in that 2016 draft behind Patrick Laine. So clearly Laine gets all the attention. Now it looks like everyone's all oh, Logan Stanley's a bust. But wait a second, he's been in the American Hockey League like most players should go. Very unique circumstances, especially with a team like the Jets, that a guy goes straight to the NHL like Patrick Laine. But when you're second overall, that's what happens, and he clearly earned that spot. But Logan Stanley's played over 140 games in the American Hockey League. And the and Manitoba Moose play the exact same system the Jets do, guys. So when they come up to the NHL, they're ready. There's no surprise that the system's exactly the same. Blake Brewer's doing the exact same thing that Mason Appleton was doing. He's a teammate with the Manitoba Moose. There's no, there's no change that way. So they're not overwhelmed with information, data, systems, or whatever. So that's the, base, the best part of what, how they, what they have going on here with the Moose and, and the Jets. And then... He has that confidence now, and he's big, and he just has to figure out what he can get away with in the NHL. The game moves a lot faster, so he has to think a lot faster, and I think he's done that in a, in a great fashion. Now, the question lies, there's so many people saying, okay, Billy Hainel's got to get in there. Nope. Billy Hainel has played against men in Finland and then played, of course, with the World Juniors. That's not the same as the American Hockey League, right? Yeah, so yeah. you can say whatever you want. The Finnish Elite League is not the American Hockey League. I don't care what anybody says. It's a bigger room. It's bigger. There's a lot, a lot more space to do whatever you need to do. Uh, easier to be able to play a more finesse game in Europe. The AHL is where you have to cut your teeth. So Billy Hainala has had a great year. You see a lot of big step forward for him, but he's got to play American Hockey League minutes. Still in Sandberg, second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, won two NCAA championships. Still has to develop in the American Hockey League. That's just the way that things work. And I've said this many times on a lot of podcasts. There's always a guy in everybody's system that every fan thinks should be out of the American Hockey League. Should go, let's get free Billy, free Sammy Niku. It's just all over the place. They're not ready, or else they would be in the NHL. Like, it's just, we, it's, it's natural. I remember being a fan, too. How come our first-round pick is in the lineup? Because he's not ready. That's just all there is to it. There's, like, yeah. there's a million veteran players in front of you. And again, no disrespect to Sammy Niku, no disrespect to Billy Hainala or Dylan Sandberg. You have to have spent some time in the American Hockey League to understand how it's like to be a pro, and then you appreciate it and you're ready. Um, but to answer your question, Dylan Samber, or sorry, Logan Stanley has a good future with the Winnipeg Jets. I just don't know if he's going to be an everyday player with with Tucker Pullman coming back in the lineup. I know it's probably because he's like you know shiny and newish. I just 
Yeah. There, there's something about him. Like I just really, really like the way that he lines up on, on a Jets blue line down the road. And oh. it's it's like the, the way that the Jets D might be sitting right now. I mean, I know there are obviously veterans in there. And uh, I just think maybe you almost get him to a point by the end of the year that he has the opportunity to maybe be like a six seven guy with with like Derek Forbert for example, and maybe they for mix sure. in and out or something like that. But no, I maybe t- maybe twenty minutes a little lofty. But it's I mean, big, shoot, big everyone's jump. doing that these days, you know. Like every every new guy that comes in, all of a sudden, like once they get in, they yeah. just get thrown in. And you make a good point, Jamie, about you know having to to get used to the water of, of the NHL and kind of playing your way in. I did want to ask this one before I let you go, and. Uh, it has to do, I don't know how much thought you've put into this, but obviously Seattle's going to be joining the league very soon. Right. And there's an expansion draft that comes along with that. Um, mm-hmm. Has there been any thought to where the the player might be that, that leaves the organization from Winnipeg to go to Seattle? Because like my quick look, and obviously a lot can change between now and then, so I know it's kind of a little early for yeah. it, but I'm curious anyway. But the, the, the one guy that stood out to me could be Mason Appleton. Yeah, there's another thing too, right? Like Adam Lowry is a good guy to look at. Andrew Kopp. Like the the thing is with the depth they have up front and the way they've been develop, developing players, you you might be losing somebody big. But uh, I just I have a hard. It's maybe because I just see what they've done and how hard they've worked to develop all these guys. Um, I'm maybe being a little bit unrealistic. I have a hard time believing that they want to get lose any of those three players I just said. So mm. I haven't thought a whole lot about it, and it's easy to look at. And I know you look around, you know, you see the future. I've seen a lot of the prospective expansion drafts, and I consistently Adam Lowry and Adam Kopp mm, um, for the and Adam Lowry is an unrestricted free agent after this year. But man, like we didn't get into into him, and yeah. he's your prototypical third line center. Yeah. And has fully, like, he is, you hear this term a lot, he's a man. Like, he, in the playoffs, his game is perfect because he wants to play, he wants to dominate you. He's great in the face-off circle. He's the best guy to go to in the Jets' dressing room for perspective. Him and Andrew Klopp, I'd have to say. Like, if there's anybody that's going to be either assistant coaches or coaches or analysts, it's Andrew Klopp and Adam Lowry. So mm-hmm. that loss alone would be awful to, to have that void in terms from a media perspective. But man, like you could see why other teams look at Andrew Kopp, who can play both center and wing and win faceoffs and can play in your power play and kill penalties. Same with Adam Lowry, he'll kill penalties. He's good in the faceoff circle. Uh, I don't see him as a wing ever, but he's a guy that will, you know, you look at back to when he fought Ryan Reeves in Vegas that one time last year. Like it just that was a good one. Yeah. blew off the guys. I'm not coming off. I'm fighting Ryan Reeves and he held his own. Like <laughs> that did so much for his street cred, as we'll say. Uh-huh. Not that he needed any of it. But right there, you're like, that's a guy. Why would you ever want to lose a guy like that in your in your locker room? And if there's anybody I can look out outside of Josh Morrissey as a future captain of the Winnipeg Jets, I look at Andrew Kopp or Adam Lowry. So it is it's scary to think of losing any of those three players. But it's not going to be. You can't keep everybody. So that's going to be really tough to see down the road in July when the old expansion draft happens. But man, it's uh, it's a long ways away, but not so far away where you can't stop thinking about it right now. Yeah, it's just that's really interesting. I mean, yeah, I just get oh. I get the the William Carlson vibes off of Mason Appleton a little bit mm. as a yeah, guy. That, see, here's another thing, right? He he. The last couple of years, Mason Appleton has it's taken him to the last month, month and a half to get his A game going. And the Jets really liked what he was doing in the bubble last year. I know it was only four or five games, but they were really liking it. And now he's coming out and he's so confident. And he's and you see that speed that you saw in college and that made him an American Hockey League Rookie of the Year. 
with the Manitoba Moose, and he's starting to look like he's, he's, he's got that goal-scoring thing going. He's got that go-to-the-net thing going. He's getting his speed going. He's a lot stronger. So why would you want to lose him now, too? So it, it's everyone can say what they want about it, and we, and we can theorize about who it is, but it's hard to lose and hard to draft and develop players and then just watch them go away. But I agree. I don't think Seattle's going to have as easy a time as Vegas no, did. No. Because there's going to be a lot of people going, I'm not getting first <laughs> like this again, right? Yeah. So, and remember Toby Enstrom, they kind of, you know, made a deal and they kept him around and stuff. And uh, it, there's always those backdoor deals we don't know about. And Kevin Day up in the short time I've been here is, is a mad genius. So they'll, they'll figure out something when it comes down to that path. But in, in the meantime, guys, like let's, let's just enjoy the ride of what this team is, what they can provide. And I think you guys appreciate them. And I know a lot more people are going to appreciate the Winnipeg Jets by the end of this year, because everyone's going to see what they have and, and how entertaining they are. There's a reason why they've had two outdoor games. They've gone to Europe. They're a fun team to watch. Mm-hmm. It's a great poll on Adam Lowry as well. For, for years as medicine at Tigers fans here in the hat, like oh, we've seen him destroy yeah. As a Swift Current Bronco, uh, just like you said, a man among boys. Every you know, night, that Lowry age. came into town. Oh. It was an absolute war, and it was just a pain. It was a pain to watch guys, him just dominate. Have you seen his photo from his first year at Swift Current? He looks like a baby, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <right>? but he's <laughs> like a massive baby. Massive. I know. Like I would never tell him he looked like a baby. But <laughs> the, the best part of it is, and I'll tell you a quick story before I go here. We're at. Uh, uh, reading takes flight where the jets go out to small classrooms and read the kids. And they read this book about the Winnipeg jets and he's with Blake Wheeler and Wheeler's bragging about how he's a college education, you know, down in the States. And then Adam comes up to me afterwards and goes, but Blake doesn't realize is I'm a two-time scholastic player of the year in the Western hockey league. And I'm like, you should tell him that. <laughs> oh. Hey man, you Brain know what? Smart. That's fine. And if nothing works out, if for some reason, you know, things don't work for Adam Lowry, he's got probably yeah. four years of schooling to back on too, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You can go play in the old CIS <laughs> whenever it is. Or sorry, the U sports. I apologize. You yeah, can go dip down in there. I'm sure their season's going to kick off this coming year and then he can go play there. Exactly. Uh, I know. I know. Oh, can uh, you we imagine him playing U-Sports? Oh, my. <laughs> He'd break every Adam record Lowry. in Manitoba for oh. sure. Yeah, scoring records. Go play for anybody. We'll pick. We'll play. We'll play. <laughs> yeah, he would lead the league in pims <laughs> and in goals. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, this has been an absolute blast. We thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hopefully, we'll get you on uh, come September, October for our annual uh, football recap. Well, shoot, sooner than that, we got to check back in with the Jets later. We'll make get a uh, playoff push out of you too. But thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Guys, my pleasure. Anytime, of course, man. I mean that for sure. For Lance Dahl, Jamie Thomas, Colbin McKee, signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes!